This is Relationships and Revenue, the show where real answers come from real discussions about what holds men back in their relationships at home and in business. A better bottom line at work means improving life at home. This show is all about helping you become a better entrepreneur and a better man. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Relationships and Revenue podcast. This is your host, John Hewlin, and I am once again honored to have you spend some of your hard-earned time with me. Today's topic is going to be a little different. Uh, It's going to be related to some things I've talked about in the past, but requiring the rest of the story, if you will. So I'm going to be talking to you today a, a little about my divorce and what happened after that, but I want to tell you about some more recent happenings uh, to show you what's possible, to show you progress and moving forward and getting healthy is possible, especially after divorce. Now, while I'm not talking exclusively to you men out there, uh, I do want to highlight some things that it's hard for a lot of us men to move on after divorce because we don't always know how to do that. We don't know how to move forward. Uh, Or we try and approach it a different way. Uh, What a lot of guys will do is they'll seek the attention of someone else right away after divorce. I certainly don't recommend doing that. I don't think that's healthy because anytime there's a divorce, if there's two people involved, that means two people are to blame. So accept your stuff accept what you did wrong, begin to work on those things so that you can get better. Because when you get better, when you begin to heal, then you can have better relationships going forward. And that is a lot of my story. I've told you guys about my divorce before. It had, it was finalized April 1st, 2010. Oh, and one sidebar here. Typically when I record something, whether I'm interviewing someone or I'm doing a solo episode like I am in this one, I have notes. Today, I chose on purpose not to have notes. I wanted this to be as raw and real as possible. And just to kind of let you know my thoughts and feelings about not only my divorce, but my recovery from my divorce and what has transpired since then. All right, back to the story. So divorce happened April 1st, 2010. um, And I was a mess. Uh, It was not something that I wanted. And it hurt for a long, long time. But while I was doing that, I got some help because one of the things that I realized was that I was messing up in relationships, not just in my personal relationship with my then wife, but I wasn't doing great as a dad. I wasn't doing as good as I could be in business, certainly with friends. And so there was some work that needed to be done. So I had to do some soul searching. I had to do some digging deep into figuring out not only who I was, but what was I doing wrong? And how could I get better? How could I have better techniques, ways of dealing with things, especially ways of dealing with stress? Because I had some very unhealthy ways of dealing with stress. Uh, Some of them I would say I inherited and others I had on my own. Uh, When I was younger, I had an anger problem and I was a yeller. Now, I didn't yell nearly as much as my dad did, but, you know, I guess that's kind of like saying... Well, I murdered one person, but, you know, my dad murdered 10, so I'm not as bad as him. It's still bad. So I needed to find better, healthier ways to deal with things that were going on inside of me 
The first thing was that most of which I had no idea what was going on inside of me. I couldn't have identified emotions that I was feeling. And so that was part of my process, folks. It was definitely in attempting to figure out what was going on with me. And so that when I figured out what was going on with me, I could then figure out ways to deal with those things. Um, it was an exercise. And I've told you guys about the exercise before, but I'll go ahead and repeat it again for those who either haven't heard what I've said before or don't want to go back to one of the earlier episodes where I talk about it. So it's a journaling exercise. And the exercise goes something like this. Oh, by the way, this exercise is not a one or two times kind of thing. It's a you commit for a year kind of thing. Because think about it. As a man, I was raised where I wasn't really supposed to be in touch with things like feelings and emotions, let alone admit to having them other than, you know, I'm angry, I'm tired, I'm mad, or hungry, you know, those kinds of things, real base sort of thing. And so the reason I did the journaling exercise for a year was to train myself to learn that I do have feelings and emotions other than those base ones, and then to learn what to do with them. So this is how the exercise goes. It's a writing exercise, and you start out by writing, today I feel. And you cannot use words like good, great, or okay, because those are not specific enough. So here's an example. Today, I feel excited. And then you say why. So today, I feel excited because I knew I was going to be recording this particular episode talking to you all about some really cool things that have happened inside of me. Now, immediately after that, you write down the first time you remember feeling that particular feeling. So in my case, the first time I remember feeling excited was when I was about four years old and we were moving from our first house to our first big house. Now, when you're four, everything looks big because I've seen that house as an adult that we moved into. It's not really that big, but it was big to me as a four-year-old. And I was excited because I got to help with the move, which I don't remember a lot about the move, which probably means I got to carry a box or two so that I was somewhat helpful, but really trying to keep me out of the way. So that helped me know that this wasn't the first time I ever had this feeling, and I had one other than one of those base feelings. So we cover those two things. The next thing you write down is one thing you've done well for the day. Now, there is an out clause with this, and here's the out clause, but it has to be true. If you can't think of anything else to say that you've done well for the day, as long as you've done it, you can write down, I brushed my teeth well. Folks, I was in such a bad place when I started doing this in 2008. The first six months that I was doing this exercise, that was the only thing I wrote down that I did well for the day was brushing my teeth. Honest to goodness, I am not making that up. That's how bad of a place I was in. I don't tell you that to feel sorry for me. I tell you so that you know where I was. All right, now that we've written down something we've done well for the day, now... Depending upon the audience that I'm sharing this with, if it happens to be a faith-based audience, I would say, go to the book of Psalms, read a psalm for the day, and write down anything that jumps off the page at you. It doesn't even have to make sense to you. Just something that catches your attention, you write it down. If I'm sharing this with a non-faith-based audience, I would say, get your favorite book of inspiration out, read a chapter in that book, and anything that jumps off the page at you in that chapter. That's what you put down. Okay, so we've done all those things, and now the last part is this. Again, for a faith-based audience, I would say write out a prayer for the day. For a non-faith-based audience, I would say 
write out a thought of inspiration for the day. And this is a daily exercise for an entire year. Now, see, I don't have to do it now. I don't have to write those things down now because I can process them in my brain. What's the point in doing all this? Yes, it is to discover that I had feelings and emotions other than I'm hungry, I'm tired, I'm mad, but also to figure out what do I do with these feelings that I'm beginning to recognize. That's kind of the key in all of this. And that's also where some of my therapy came into play to help me to be able to recognize when emotions hit me, when feelings hit me that I'm not prepared for, the best thing I can do is kind of slow down, evaluate, okay, what's going on? What am I feeling? Okay, now that I've recognized it, I've named what I'm feeling. Now, what do I do with this feeling that is healthy? If I can't think of something healthy to do in the moment, I don't push it down inside of me. I just, I pick it up and I set it to the side. Say, I'm going to come back to this, but I can't deal with it right now because I'm not sure what to do. So that way, I'm not getting crazy about it. Let me give you an example. Uh, this isn't a great example, but this is something that I struggled with when I was younger. Um, driving, not the act of driving. I didn't struggle with driving, but what I'll call the incompetence of other drivers. Now, for those of you who are like me, you'll understand why I chose the wording that I did. Um, there's a lot of crazy people on the road who do some crazy, crazy things. And the reason I got so upset about that was part of my perfectionistic tendencies. That's one aspect of it. But another is assuming that they were doing whatever it was that they were doing to somehow mess up my day or ruin my life in some way, which couldn't be further from the truth. Those people didn't know me. They weren't doing anything to hurt me or to mess up my day, my week, my month, my year. None of that. When I finally got it, when I finally understood, I'm not that important. They're not thinking about me. I was able to calm down, and say, it's not like I never get upset in the car now. I do, but I don't blow up, and it doesn't last nearly as long. It's very, very short. It's like, Arr! in fact, the other day, I was behind a car, and the, they were putting down a new road, and there was like rock down, and a rock fell up and hit my windshield and made a little uh, crack, a small one, but, but a crack nonetheless. was not happy about that, but I got over it. I contacted the company, and it's going to get taken care of. So again, it's not a big deal. One of the ways, one of the techniques that I employ now that I learned then that is very helpful to me is this. Will getting upset change this in any way? And if it won't, why get upset? Because getting upset only makes me feel bad. It doesn't make anybody else feel bad. It doesn't ruin anybody else's day. It ruins my day. So if getting upset doesn't change it, why get upset? I'm not saying I got to be happy about it, but getting upset just doesn't change it. So that's kind of how I do that now. So this, again, is part of my process, coming out of my divorce, learning these things. And this did not happen overnight. This took many, many years of a lot of ups and downs with it. Sometimes I was doing very well with it. Other times I was not doing so well. Um, so that's been part of my process. Another part of my process has been uh, changing some things about me. Uh, for instance, as I've aged, my eating habits and my workout habits have changed. I eat a lot less sugars and starches. I don't do gluten at all anymore. I don't do dairy. I just stay away from all that kind of stuff. I'm not telling you you have to do that. All I'm saying is when I did that, I started to feel a whole lot better on the inside. And we've done 
other episodes related to nutrition. I'm going to be having more nutritionists back on in the coming days and weeks. So be looking out for those to get the help that you and I both need to make sure that we get our health right. And when I say health, I'm talking specifically about what we put in our mouths, nutrition. But health, as I've defined before, has four components as far as I'm concerned. There is the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. Those four aspects, if any one of those or more are out of whack, you and I, we are not healthy. We're not. And that's what I focus on now trying to be healthy in those four areas. And there are certain areas that need more attention than others at certain times, just like most other things in life. But I digress on the health point. Getting back to, I'll call it my recovery from my divorce. I have had relationships since my divorce. The longest relationship I've had since my divorce was nine months. Um, In the last four years, I've been on one date, and that's been on purpose. And the reason I haven't dated was because I felt like I just wasn't meeting the right kinds of women, ones that I felt like I could have a future with. And if I didn't feel like I was meeting those kinds of women, why would I go out of my way to date? And so I just kind of went on hiatus with that. And it's a decision I'm okay with for now. Um, It's not that I'm against dating in any way or that I'm not open to doing it again, but I'm going to have to be pretty darn certain there is something there, some kind of a future there. Because if there's not, I I don't want to waste anybody's time, including mine. So I've done a lot of the work to work on my stuff to get me better, to make me whole or closer to whole anyway. I don't know that I'm completely whole, but I'm much closer than I used to be. Um, I have much healthier relationships with my kids, with other people, and with my ex-wife. Now, my ex and I have always had a really good relationship since our divorce, because really, It's been more of a business-type relationship, and our business is the children. Well, the children are getting older. Uh, Our youngest is 16, almost 17, like in less than two weeks, going to be turning 17. We won't talk about how old that makes me feel, but anyhow, (laughs) um, that's been our thing, and we've handled that pretty well, uh, the two of us have. But I have felt for a while, when I say a while, I'm talking for a few years now, that I really felt like I needed to reach out to my ex-wife and to, you may think this is strange, it was strange when the thought first came to me, but I grew accustomed to it and thought it was a good idea, and so I did it, and that is, I reached out to her and I thanked her for divorcing me. Now, some of you listening to this or watching this are probably going, excuse me, what? You thanked her for divorcing you? I'm like, yep, I did. Now let me tell you why. And this is the same reason that I gave her. It might not be in the exact same words, but it's the same intent behind it. Essentially, what I told her is this. If she hadn't wanted the divorce, I don't think I'd be where I am today. I don't believe that I would have put in the necessary work to get better, to get better as a man, to get better as a dad, to get better as a friend, to get better as a son, to get better as an entrepreneur. I don't think I would be better in any of those areas. I wouldn't be where I am today. Some of you watching and listening listening to this right now would not know me if I hadn't gotten better because I can promise you who I was back then, you would not have wanted to know. He wasn't a great guy. I didn't like that guy at all. And I'm so thankful I'm not him anymore. And so I thanked her for doing that. And I gave her some, some other reasons uh, for that. But essentially, that's what I said to her. I think she was surprised 
when I told her that, but pleasantly surprised nonetheless. Uh, I think she was able to kind of put together some things that have happened that maybe she suspected over some years, but I kind of put a voice to those things and just said, you know what? I'm, I'm grateful. I really am. And so I am to this day. I'm grateful to her for wanting to do that. Now, it's not a decision that I would wish on anybody else. Divorce is terrible. Please don't hear me say anything other than that. I hate, hate, hate divorce. I do. I despise it with every fiber of my being. But it took that to get my attention. And my honest to goodness, I'm not making this up. I'm not being trite when I say it. My prayer for every single one of you who is married is that it will not take something so drastic as divorce to get your attention because that's what it took for me. And I, I truly hope that doesn't happen. And I have committed my life to doing whatever I can to help all of you not end up like me. Because I promise you, you don't want to be here. And using the words of my attorney, which by the way, she's female. You'll understand why I mentioned that in a second. In the words of my attorney, she said this, and I will never forget, it's cheaper to keep her. That is the truth, too. It is so much cheaper to keep her. Folks, just pragmatically speaking, it is cheaper to stay together and work on it than it is to get divorced because divorce is expensive. And I'm not just talking about money. It costs you a lot more than money, so much more than money. So if I can encourage you in anything today, and that would be stay in your marriages, do the hard work, put the work into it. It's worth it. It absolutely is worth it. And I wished I had learned how to do that sooner. I truly, truly do. And that's the vast majority of what I wanted to talk to you about today. Uh, that's the big thing that's been, that has happened in more recent days. Because uh, when I shared that with her, that was about two months ago, I guess, is when I shared that with her. And I just wanted to wait a little longer to share it with all of you because I wanted to kind of make sure I had it all right in my head and how I wanted to share it with you. But I thought it was important to share with you because it's important for you all to know more about me and what's going on with me as your host. Uh, I hope you think of me as a friend because I think of all of you as friends. And as friends, if you were struggling with something, if your marriage was kind of rocky, I would want to do whatever I could to help you fix your marriage, repair your marriage, get it to where it's fantastic. And people are asking, how do you do it? How is your marriage so great? That's what I want for you. For those of you who are married, I want you to have that kind of marriage where people are coming up to you for advice. Because for those of you who don't know, I perform wedding ceremonies and have since 1992. I've been doing it a very long time. I am the real ordained, not the fake internet ordained. Uh, for those of you who have been internet ordained, I don't mean anything bad by that. It's just I have been actually ordained. And I've been doing it for so long. And that's one of the things that I talk about when I'm performing a wedding ceremony is that that is an encouragement that I put out there to the couple. I admonish them, if you will, to be the couple that others come to for advice. And that's what I want for you. I want for you to be the person that someone comes to. I want for you to be the guy or the gal that the best friend comes to like, look, my marriage is in trouble. And I don't know what to do. It's like, look, I'll share with you everything I know how to do. And I will walk through that with you as best I can. Be that person. Invest in your marriages. It is the most important investment you will ever make. And folks, hear my heart. I am a dad of three. Okay. 
and I mean this, I love my kids dearly. But honest to goodness, I wish I had invested more in my marriage. Kids see that. They need that example. They need to know they're not number one. They need to know that, at least in my life, God's number one, spouse number two, kids come on to that. Kids are number three, job number four, friends after that. Friends and job may be kind of equal, but you get what I'm saying. They need to see that your spouse, your significant other, is more important than they are. Because, folks, at a certain point, the kids leave. They go out on their own. And if you put all your emphasis on your kids and not on your significant other or your spouse, what kind of a relationship are you going to have once they're gone? Let me tell you, it's going to be pretty crappy. I've seen far too many of my friends get divorced after their kids are gone because they don't know each other anymore. They invested so much time, money, and effort into their kids that they were strangers. They didn't know each other. Don't do that. How do you do that? Communication is the big one. You have to talk on a regular basis about everything. You got to talk about stuff that's going on all the time. Another one, huge one, date night. Now, it doesn't have to be night. It can be daytime. But having regular dates, whatever you set up as a couple, hugely, hugely important. Have a regular date time that's on the calendar that you plan everything else around. Not joking about that. Everything else needs to be planned around the dates. They are that important. And on those dates, you don't talk about bills. You don't talk about the kids. You don't talk about all the stuff you got to do, the to-do list. None of that. You talk about your hopes, your dreams, your significant, your significant other's hopes and dreams. Where do we want to be as a couple in six months, a year, five years, 10 years from now? That's the kind of stuff you talk about because that's building into your relationship. And it is so, so important. Last thing a way that I have grown since my divorce is in the area of gift giving to my children. Now, I know one of the things that happens a lot of times in divorce, uh, especially for us dads, is that we feel super, super guilty. And so we try to overcompensate by getting lots of gifts for our kids, birthdays, Christmas, etc. I don't do that. And there are multiple reasons why I don't do that. But here's the big one. Most kids don't remember what they get as gifts. As an example, I was talking to my son a few years ago, probably when he was, he's 22 now. I was probably when he's 19 or 20, probably 19. And I asked him, what I get you for your 16th birthday? He had no idea. He could not remember. I said, now Christmas 2018, what was your main gift? He goes, oh, I remember that easy dad. I'm like, okay. What was it? We went to the Toby Mac concert and I got to meet your friend, Tony Palacios. I'm like, absolutely. So that's my encouragement to you. Create experiences for your kids that they can have one-on-one -on -one with you. Because long after they've forgotten about whatever trinket, toy thing that you got them, they will forever remember the experiences that they had with you. And so that's what I do. I try to create experiences for my kids to have with me. Because that way, long after they're out of my house and have their own families, they're going to remember those experiences and hopefully want to recreate them if they have kids down the road. So I think that's probably about all for today, folks. I feel like I'm, I'm at the right spot to let you guys go so you can enjoy the rest of your day or evening, depending upon what time you're watching and or listening to this. But I want you to know how much you mean to me. Uh, I know that seems strange because some of you I've never met before, but your continued support of this particular podcast and for me 
is so important to me. It means the world to me that you do that because I really try and bring you content that I think makes a difference. Yes, a lot of times it is related to, to business because that's important to me as an entrepreneur. But I also want to bring you things that are very personal, that can help you on a deeply personal level. Because when you get better as an individual on your personal side, it just floods into the business side of your life. Whether you work for yourself or somebody else does not matter. So if you want to be the best that you can be in business, either for yourself or for somebody else, work on getting your personal lives to be the absolute best that they can be. Invest in you, invest in your relationships. Because all relationships are a risk, but they are never a waste. I love you guys so much. Please remember, I would love to get ratings and reviews from you guys. Would love to get some reviews for, from you. Uh, those really, really help so people can find the episodes out there. So if you guys could do me a favor and please do that. Uh, in fact, I'll probably have a contest associated with this particular episode, have some giveaways for folks who are doing these reviews for me. So, you know, I have lots of authors on here, so I'll probably be doing some book giveaways from you guys. So love you guys. I care deeply about you. If there's somebody you want to have on the show, please let me know and I'll do my best to get them on. If there's a topic you want me to cover, let me know that as well. So always remember the pain in your life is there for a reason. Take your pain, transform it into your purpose, and it will lead you to your platform. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlin. Thanks again for listening. And remember, passion gets you started. Purpose keeps you going. Have a great day and we'll see you next time. Bye.